Well, uh, thanks for coming again today. Um, today's a really exciting day. I'm, I'm really, uh, really excited for what's going to happen today. Let me just kind of set the table. Um, I'm going to share a little bit from, from God's Word, and then uh, we had a, a couple folks go down to Haiti uh, a couple weeks back, and they're going to come and they're going to share uh, about the things that uh, they saw, things that they witnessed, things that they experienced, and the things that God did uh, in their lives and, and through their lives. So um, that's what we're going to uh, do today. Uh, so... Uh, thanks again for coming and, and being with us. A couple of weeks back, we uh, celebrated and worshipped on Easter Sunday, the Resurrection Sunday, the resurrection of our Lord uh, and Jesus Christ. And we've been talking about uh, what do we do in light of that? I don't know how many, uh, uh, James said at the beginning of service that um, he's studying history. I don't know how many history buffs are out there, but um, there have been many, obviously many great days in, in history. And I want to uh, just take a, a very quick a sampling of our uh, knowledge of, uh, of history here. I'm going to throw out a date, and you, if, you, if you know what happened on that date, then um, maybe you can chime in. Okay, we'll start, we'll start easy, and then we'll, we'll kind of warm up. Uh, July 4th, 1776, what happened on that day? Okay, Joshua, he's raising his hand. <laughs> Lovely, wonderful, wonderful. Round of applause for Joshua, well done. Okay. Um, June 6, 1944. Okay, D-Day, which was what? Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, okay, good. All you guys were right. All you guys were right. Um, Let's try, okay, this might be a little bit more obscure, uh, unless you're um, sports fans. April 15th, 1947. April 15th, 1947. Oh, they, they, they're smarter than they know. Too smart for their own good, looking on their iPhones, okay? Uh, April 15th, 1947 was a day Jackie Robinson, a baseball player, African-American, broke the color barrier in baseball and opening up the door for um, people of all ethnic backgrounds and racial backgrounds to be able to play in professional sports. Uh, that was April 15th, 1947. Uh, last one, November 11th, 19, I'm sorry, November 9th, uh, 1989. November 9th, 1989. Berlin Wall came down. Excellent. Berlin Wall came down November, uh, November 9th, 1989. Good. Uh, what do all of these days have in common? Uh, they're all famous days, but these days changed the history of the world. The world that we live in was forever changed because of what happened on these days. And not only was it these days that, that, uh, that changed the world, but it changed everything about uh, the people uh, who live in our world as a result of it, as a result of these days. It wasn't just the great days that we celebrate, but everything in life, everything in this world was different as a result of that day, of those days. So what about Easter? Last week I mentioned how Tim Hughes, a great songwriter, says Easter is the greatest day in history. At the greatest day in history, how has the world been changed and how are our lives different as a result of Easter Sunday, the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, giving hope to the world? How is our life different? If we read in the Bible, one of the things that it says amongst many things that are different about our lives is that because of the hope of the resurrection, we're called to go out and to be hope in a world in need of it. We're called to shine the light of the hope of Christ in the midst of a dark and despairing and hopeless world. 
And so today I want to talk about this fact. What do we do? Now what? After Easter Sunday, we're going to see that God has called us to live as a light that shines in the midst of the darkness of our world. We're going to read Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And we're going to read that, and then we're going to look at another passage in John. We're just going to look at two things. What does it mean uh, to be the light? What does it mean to shine forth his light? Okay, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. This is God's word spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. It says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This is God's word. Jesus says you are the light of the world, and the presupposition here is that this world is trapped in darkness. This world is living in darkness. We know that in the midst of darkness, when there is no light, uh, bad things happen, right? You ever been in a dark place without any light? A lot of things happen. Maybe you can't uh, see, so you start tripping over things. You start bumping into things, and people end up getting hurt. If you're driving in the, uh, on a dark road at night and there's no lights, Obviously, dangerous things can happen, and people can get hurt. And Jesus is saying, in the midst of a world like that, you are the light of the world. As we seek to understand a little bit better what that means, we're just going to look at two things today, very simply. We're going to look at the source of the light and then the purpose of the light. What is the source of the light that we have, and then what is the purpose of our light shining? What what is the source of our light? We know that every light has a source. In order for, anytime we see light, there's got to be a source to it, right? A candle, and only, the only way the candle can give light to others if it's lit with a flame. It's very simple, isn't it? Nothing rocket science here. Uh, in order for a flashlight to work, it's got to have the right source, whether it's batteries or kinetic energy, whatever it might be. In order for a light bulb to work, it's got to be plugged into a current, a flow, a source of electricity that allows it to come on. Every light has a source, and unless it's connected to that source, that light will not shine and will not accomplish the purpose for which it was created. And so what is the source of our light? Jesus says, you are the light of the world. In the same way, we too have a source that is needed, that we need to be connected to, and it's very simple. John chapter 8, we're going to read John chapter 8, verse 12, and see what Jesus said on another occasion as to the source of the light that we have, and then we're going to try and break this down just a little bit. John chapter 8, verse 12 Uh, The apostle whom Jesus loved wrote, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world, but the only way that you can shine forth that light is if you are in vital union and connection with me, is if you're plugged into the source that is me. You ever get frustrated and say, you know what, I wish I could shine for for, for, and do good things in this world of darkness, saying the only way that you'll do it, the only way that you shine is if you are connected to the source, which is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. You know, uh, I don't know how many of you guys are into Christmas lights, but uh, Christmas lights have a way of bringing us into the season. Even though uh, it doesn't really get cold here in Florida, we can see that it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas when lights start popping up in the midst of neighborhoods, in the midst of, of darkness. I, I um, remember seeing a picture, you guys probably seen it if you're on the internet at all, 
Um, picture of, of two houses side by side next to each other, and one is decked out in all of, these, uh, all of their Christmas-like glory. It's amazing. They've got thousands and thousands of lights that are up and down and, and around the perimeter of the home and on the borders, on the roof, and then they've got their uh, Santa Claus and reindeer that's lit up in their nativity scene, and every tree in the house has been lined and, and laced with Christmas lights. And the house next to it, I guess, wanting to, to do something like that, but not wanting to put in the time. Have you seen this picture? They, in lights, wrote the word ditto and put an arrow pointing at the home next to it. <laughs> it's very funny. Can you imagine? See, Christmas lights are cool because it reminds us in some way of the reason why we have this season of Christmas. That in the midst of the darkness of the night, these lights shine to give light to the darkness. Can you imagine a home that was decked out in all these lights, red lights and green lights and colorful lights and white lights, and they've got their whole nativity, and they've got Santa Claus and the reindeer and the elves and the trees and all that stuff, but they never bothered to plug it in, thereby never giving light to the world in darkness, never showing the excitement and the celebration and the hope that that day represents. Have you ever seen a home like that? That's what happens when... Many times we try to shine the light, but we're not connected to the source of that light. Jesus says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. How brightly are we shining? It's as closely as we walk with Jesus, that's how brightly we're going to shine. You ever feel that frustration that in the midst of a world that's dark, why can't I be the hope in that place? Why it's the very essence of light in darkness and its effectiveness is because of its diametric nature to the environment in which it's going in. And light only works because it's different from the darkness. But haven't you felt that frustration that in a world that's dark, in a place where all my friends are, are, are making fun of that one kid, in a place where all of my coworkers are making fun of that one person, in the midst of a workplace where everyone is, is, is stealing employees' money by, by taking extra long lunch breaks, and I want, to, I want to be different, but I can't do it. Why can't I be different? Jesus is saying, here, here's how you're different. It's the closer you follow Jesus, the more brightly your light will shine. Yet it's a very simple principle that Jesus is giving here. Since our inability to shine fundamentally stems from a lack of connection with the source of our light. And the closer we follow Jesus, the more we'll be like him, the more we'll shine forth the light of Christ. This past week, as we think about our lives, how bright has our light been shining for Jesus? How different have we been from the environment and the culture that we've been called to be a light to? Again, our ability to shine is contingent upon our intimate and vital union with the light of the world, Jesus Christ, who stepped down into darkness. And our inability to do that stems from a lack of fundamental connection and intimacy with Jesus Christ. And that's what it all boils down to. Because in order for light to shine, in order for it to work, it's got to be connected to its source. And Jesus says, you are are the light of the world if you believe in me. And yet you need to be connected to the source in order for your light to shine the way that it was meant to shine. That's the first thing, the source. The second thing we're going to look at is the purpose. Uh, why do we shine? Why do we do the things that we do? In verse 15, sorry, verse 16, he says, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. 
Jesus is linking two things together. He's saying, here's what it means to shine at, at, at this basic level. To shine means you do good deeds. Right? That's what it means to shine. In the midst of a world of darkness, being the light is to do good deeds in the midst of that kind of a world. And Jesus says, here's the purpose. Your purpose is not to draw attention to yourself. It's not to, to, to cause people to say, oh my goodness, he is so good or she is so good. The purpose of our good deeds is to point people to the Father so that they would say, wow, he is so good. A purpose of us doing our good deeds is not so that people would look at us and then praise us, but it's so that people would look at our good deeds and they would praise him. Right? That's the purpose for which we're called to shine in this world. You may remember the, the, the little tale that uh, Max Lucado told about uh, what it means to shine. And he gives this uh, really helpful analogy of the sun and the moon and how for thousands of years the sun and the moon lived in this intimate and wonderful and beautiful relationship one with the other. The sun was a great light during the day, and, and as a reflection of that light, the moon at night would shine, reflecting the light of the sun. And he was talking about how, you know, the, the moon had a perfect, perfect life. It would just come out and do its thing. It felt the warmth of the sun over his life. But then one day, one day, someone passing star came by to the moon and, and said, it must really stink being a moon. And, and the moon said, no, 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 life is great. I've got purpose. I've got meaning. I've got significance. All I need to do is just stand in right relationship with the sun and, and I'll shine and, and people will see light at night. And, and then the, the, the star said, well, but aren't you sick and tired of, of being second fiddle all the time? I mean, you're, you, you only come out at night. You're not, you're not really all that. Everyone talks about the sun, but don't talk about the moon very much. Basically, you're Robin to Batman. You're Woodstock to Snoopy. You're Tonto to the Lone Ranger. You got to make a name for yourself. And so the moon thought about it. He said, you know what? You're right. Why, why do I always have to work the night shift? And he gets to work during the prime time of the day. Why is it that astronauts were so excited to step on me when they first came over in the 60s? Why is it, why is it about them stepping on me? They never talk about stepping on the sun. And why do people get upset if you were to moon them and it's okay to get a little bit of sun? He said, I'm going I'm to make, make a change in my life. And so he set out no longer to reflect the light of the sun, but he said, I'm going to live for myself. It's thus began this extreme makeover that the moon went on, and he looked at his surface and said, I'm full of craters everywhere. I'm going to change my complexion and make it smooth as a baby's backside. And so he did that, and he said, look at me. My, my wardrobe only comes in three sizes. It's either uh, full or half or, or quarter. And, and he said, I need to change that. And my com- look at my complexion. It's so pale. And, and so he set out to change his color to be blue and, and orange, and all of a sudden, things started changing in his life. Directors from all around started coming and, and saying, we want to make a TV show, a movie out of you, and we're going to call it The New Moon, and we're going to create all kinds of movies about you. You're going to be great. <laughs> Lady Moons all started looking at him and going gaga over him, and he became the star in the solar system, and everyone wanted to be like the moon. Everything was going really well for a while, and then one night, the moon looked down, at night, and he saw that the world was dark, and he saw people were confused and living in chaos. They were bumping into each other, and they were hurting each other. And all of a sudden, he thought, this is not the way it's supposed to be. He thought about the sun and how before, being in right relationship with the sun, it made him feel so warm. It made him feel like he had a real purpose to live, to shine in the midst of the darkness. And so he said, I'm going I'm to go back to the sun. 
But he didn't need to because as soon as he turned around, the sun was right there. He said, I was here all along. I was here all along. Let's uh, get back to saving this world. We've got work to do. The moon said, you bet. And he went back to doing what it does best. It shines and reflects the light of the sun and gives hope in the midst of the darkness. This is what you and I are called to do, isn't it? This is what we're called to do. It's not to do these good deeds so that people could pat us on the back and praise us and say, you did a great job as you went to that mission trip. You did a great job standing up to the bully on the block. You did a great job when you raised funds for those kids in Africa who needed it. You did a great job. It's not for that. But it's so that we might see the purpose for which we've been created, that we might see our identity. He didn't say, you will be. He said, if you put your faith in me, you are the light of the world. This is who you are. And I'm just saying, be who you are. Shine. That's who you are. By doing good deeds, people will praise your Father in heaven. He's saying, you are the light of the world. See, it's a wonder that we would even do this at all because earlier in John's gospel, he would record something that Jesus said in that great passage where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus at night. He said, men love darkness more than they love the light. See, here's the reality is that we do love darkness, don't we, more than the light, and we do everything that we can to snuff out the light. That's what happens before we came to know Christ. See, in this world that we live in is opposed to the light and likes the darkness more. How much, how much so? That they would do everything, not only to ignore the light, but to douse the light, to put that light out. You see, years before, years before our day, Days before what we consider to be the greatest day in history, here's what the darkness did. It took the light of the world who stepped into darkness, the fullness of God coming in helpless babe. And 33 years later, the darkness took this man, Jesus Christ, this God, Jesus Christ, and nailed him to a cross thinking that we could blow out the light. And so for, th- for, for two days, the disciples who followed Jesus did exactly what Jesus said would not happen. He said, whoever follows me will not live in darkness, but will have the light of life. And yet for two days, these men who had followed Jesus lived in darkness. Why? Because they thought that the light of the world had been extinguished. And as we sang there in the ground, his body lay. Light of the world by darkness slain. See, as much as Pontius Pilate, the Roman soldiers, were responsible for, we were responsible for that as well, because it was our sin that put Jesus on the cross. It was our sin and our rebellion against it. We, they weren't the only rebels. It was all of us who were there. And because of our sins, that's why Jesus Christ went to the cross. And he was crucified, he was dead, and he was buried. And yet we celebrate Easter. We celebrate Easter every week when we sing these songs. Say, up from the grave he rose again. Right there in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. As he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. This is the hope of Easter. Because the light of the world is no longer living dead in some, is no longer die, uh, died and laid to rest in some tomb. He bursts forth in light, in life. We too have life. We too have light to shine. That's why Jesus can say, you are the light of the world. And he's given us a calling. He's given us a mission in this world. 
to be who we are, to be the light of the world. And so today, that we would make a kind of commitment, the kind of commitment we sang when we were little, when we sang, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. In my school cafeteria, full of darkness, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. In my workplace, in my break room, where everyone is talking about all kinds of things that they shouldn't be talking about, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. In our workplace, as we work the cashier, cash register, when people are coming and they're treating us awfully, to say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. In my home, in my family, in my, in, my, in my home where my parents don't know the Lord, where my children don't know the Lord, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. At Millennium Mall or on my Facebook wall or whenever I go play ball or whatever it is, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. In the midst of a world that's gone dark, I'm going to let it shine. In the midst of a world that's upside down, I'm going to shine and make it right side up. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. It only takes a spark, doesn't it, to get a fire going. And soon all those around can warm up in its glowing. That's how it is with God's love once you've experienced it. That you are the light of the world. So shine. Shine, that's what... That's what we're called to do, right? He's not telling us to do something that's foreign to our identities. He's just saying, be who you are and and shine and make them wonder what you've got. Make them wish that they were not on the outside looking board. Shine, let them see good works. Well, shine, let it shine before all men. Let them see good works and then let them glorify the Lord. That's who we are. We are the light of the world. Let's shine for him. Let's pray. Let's uh, take a moment to consider and think about in the darkness of our world, what is, what is a way that we can shine for him? In the darkness of our world, how is he calling us to shine? Maybe for some, that first step is saying, Jesus, I need to first, I need to first be in closer relationship with you. I need, to, I need to take time through the week to read your word and to pray. I need to take time during the week to seek to be a light by getting close enough to the source of that light. Maybe for some of us, we need to find intentionally places where darkness is. Maybe we're so uh, trapped, in, trapped in a Christian circle that we're shining flashlights in the midst of a bright place. And he's saying, would you go into a dark place and shine that light? How is he calling us to shine today? What is he calling us to? Maybe for some of us is to say, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go somewhere maybe this summer, this fall, or I'm going to commit to going next year. And whatever it takes, I'm going to be committed to that, to shine the light of Christ amongst the nations. Let's take a couple of moments right now to respond to his word in prayer. Let's make a prayer of commitment, of decision, of response to the Lord. So let's take a couple of moments to pray that. Just ask the Lord that word would become flesh, light would shine.
that we would shine brightly for him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father in heaven, we thank you that even though men love the darkness more than the light and we tried to put out the light, knowing that that would happen, you still sent your son, the beloved of God, the darling of heaven, the light of the world, stepped down into darkness and didn't come demanding allegiance and demanding that every knee would bow before him, but came as a humble servant. Father, we thank you that knowing that he'd be crucified, you sent your son for us. As he died on the cross, we thank you that he didn't stay there, but the greatest day in history remains. And so we live in light of that, in light of the fact that the light is shining bright in our world. May we plug in and may we shine the light that you've called us to shine for your glory and for the joy of the peoples. God, start with us that we would be lit by the flame that is Jesus, that we might be lit by the light of the world. And as you begin with us then, would you send us out? We thank you, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name.